If you are hearing this, you are receiving a signal from another planet. Fanboy planet. Watch animated chicks with inflatable breasts. You might be a Trekkie. Sit back and watch as the Uber geek goes and kicks it up a notch. Turn to the letter F in your dictionary. And add this word to your vocabulary. Take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy. Damn it, Jim, I'm not a doctor. I'm just the definition of a fanboy, baby. I'm a nerd Welcome to the Fanboy Planet Podcast. This is Derek McCott, Editor-in-Chief of FanboyPlanet.com. And with games behind you, I'm just kind of looking. I always enjoy looking at people's backdrops, even though I've sent, I've been there live, but so long. So uh, anyway, yes. And so uh, before we dive into tonight's topic, which is, of course, to talk about what everybody who is a, a, a comics fan, I think, is talking about, whether they, they loved it or hated it, was the opening of The Batman. Uh, do you want to mention that if you are the one to join the conversation, if you are watching this live, certainly feel free to make comments uh, throughout, and we'll, I'll, I'll share those that, that uh, appear pertinent. And I, and I see uh, one or two have joined, so thank you. Uh, but if you'd like to join the conversation after the fact, of course, you can uh, follow us on Facebook. Maybe you're watching this on Facebook Live right now. You can follow us on the YouTube channel, though that's just videos uh follow us on twitter at fanboy planet instagram at fanboy planet and of course if you have any questions comments compliments commentary criticism write in to editor at fanboyplanet.com some night and course, i want you to give one of the urls as shirley's house of delight you know or, you know <laughs> i don't want to say that just I don't unexpected know, i don't know where that leads <laughs> i i don't know where that would lead uh but to nowhere good rick <laughs> or very uh, good let me uh, no, excuse me. Uh, I'm going to run a banner across so you remember this. Use your powers for, for good. good, Rick. For good. Okay. Anyway, uh, yes, anything that we talk about that you may want to purchase for yourself and, and can legally, Rick, uh, then, uh, you know, we each and every page on Family Planet does have uh, Amazon links, and we are affiliated. Uh, with with Amazon, so that if you click on a link on the page that perhaps you're watching you're watching this on the FanboyPlanet.com page, or through the search box or recommended products box uh, on it, on uh, FanboyPlanet.com, uh, it may generate a small uh, bounty slash rev piece of revenue, whatever, uh, for Fanboy Planet. So thank you uh, for any there. But that is, of course, if you can't find it at your local brick and mortar store, because I, I really obviously. We started out in a comic shop. I'd like to support comic shops everywhere, even though neither of us are anywhere near that comic shop anymore, though I hear it's doing quite well. Um, but I, I'm elsewhere. So uh, let's get to it. You know, I did, uh, after I came out of the Batman, I did tweet out really more to celebrate that I had made it without a bathroom break uh, because it is a long film. Yeah. Uh, but I also felt that, Partially that, uh, you know, the sheer rush of adrenaline for having achieved that uh, was that this is the best uh, live action Batman film. And I didn't qualify that it was live action. And someone did join in in the conversation and say uh, that it was pretty good that the Lego Batman is the best Batman movie. We'll get to that. We will get to that. And uh, yes, uh, so 
your own comments don't count, by the way, Rick. Uh, oh no, 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 that's a that's that a was a private chat, story. sir. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's talk about the Batman, and we are talking about it right after you yourself have freshly seen it. You went to a matinee uh, as a yeah a matinee that ends at five thirty. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, and and now you're here. So you have less than I think I've got uh, like a seventy-two hours. Uh, <laughs> it's been sitting with me or more. You have less than an hour, really. Uh, once since the lights came up, so to, you know, let, let's go with it. Your your gut reaction. My, my first impression the of the film uh, has little to do with Batman and more about the film, um, because we've always commented on how much darker, uh, fit, not physically, but brilliantly darker uh the dc movies are that they're usually more <clears throat> desaturated colors and darker in in uh in lighting and this took that to a whole new depth it, all right and, bef- and, and before we go further go ahead we have a comment and i just want to make sure okay uh brian ken says he still hasn't seen it yet so you know we'll try to be we'll, fair and spoiler i know you're not yeah. i just wanted i i i wanted to uh call it out you know, so that we'll, we'll, I'll try my best to be mindful of it. Okay. Anyway, so I was going to say, takes the darkness even lower. I mean, it was dark. I don't think anybody sells light bulbs in Gotham City. It's all lit by virtual virtue of fireflies that are 15 feet away. Hey, from excuse it. me. I have to uh, make a note for that title. No one sells light bulbs in, in Gotham, Gotham City. City. Right. You know that that would have been a 70s, uh, you know, Denny O'Neill yeah. Batman <laughs> right, story. Right, right, right. <laughs> But this not only took the darkness down. You couldn't even see Killer Croc. No, there. That's actually not a spoiler. So many. It's like it's like that. that, It's like that uh, observation about peace uh, about Judo Master being everywhere in the Peacemaker opening. It's like there were all kinds of guest stars you didn't see because they were all in the shadows. But not only was it dark, but they added out of focus through a large part of the film and um, obscured by water on the lens. Uh, in, in in much of the film too, there's so much rain it, and other water in this film. Uh, it does feel like a sweaty film, it, it's, and I don't mean that uh, as a negative necessarily. It's yeah. just very it's, uh, yeah, the, 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 the impression was the impression was uh, nobody ever cleans anything in this in this city. Even the people who have money, their houses don't look like someplace you'd like to spend time in. Well, and and I think that's what's what was interesting to me, my reaction, even while watching it was this feeling of, this is definitely a Batman for our time in a way that I don't think the Snyder verse, because already you're seeing people say the Snyder, you know, it owes everything to the Snyder verse. No, mm-hmm. being dark. Isn't uh Zack Snyder's <laughs> he didn't, trademark. He didn't invent that. Uh, it's called film noir. Yeah. Uh, and it's been around since uh, what the thirties, uh, you know, anyway, um, since certainly since black and white film, but uh, that, you know, that whole thing about, and many of the comic stories delved there too, you know, Gotham is a city falling apart. That's really, you know, part of even Tim Burton's Batman. The only time Gotham city has been shiny was when it was on Saturday mornings on ABC with the super friends. If they ever showed Gotham city, I I think one of them, I know one of them did because the scarecrow took, uh, Adam West back back to Crime Alley, oh. and he had to relive. It's the first time that hit the the murder of of Thomas and Martha was portrayed on screen, 
uh, was actually Challenge of the Super Friends, which is really bizarre to me. But anyway, um, you know, so it, it was it's uh, it's been shiny up until that point that you know, I think Tim Burton and I, it was Anton First was the designer of Gotham City and in that Batman '89, as we affectionately call it. Um, you know, but I do feel that right now when all when all, even though this I mean was filmed largely during the pandemic, and I mean, I know I talked to other people in, in cities around the world and, and not just world events this week, but, you know, this feeling like things are falling apart, it's crumbling, it's decaying. It is very clear that Gotham City cinematically is always like a nation state unto itself right. because no state is <clears throat> government is interfering with anything going going wrong, whatever, you know. So always remember, as we talk about the Batman, no matter how much you might wish otherwise, it is a fantasy film. Uh, and, and yet this feels very real for 2022. Oh, too, way and too real for 2022. In, 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 in a lot of ways. You kind of wonder, when was the script exactly written? And, and, uh, and the social media does not come off well. No. And I'd say that, uh, you know, but... The, to also say is I think many more people are waking up to social media and its dangers, if you will. Mm -hmm. Uh, But they've been there for a long time. So, you know, I've heard some criticism and, and, you know, not to get get deep, but there was nothing about the social media aspect of this film that I found unbelievable. Not a single piece. Way too scarily believable. Way too scarily. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, but one thing I want to call out at the top, I don't think this is a spoiler, um, but I really appreciate it. And this is the difference between this and the Snyderverse for anyone who, if you appreciate those films, great. I'm not, I'm not here to debate that. But this is the first time on screen in the 21st century. And actually, you know, again, since Adam West, Batman has not killed. And they actually make a point that Batman will not kill. There were a couple of times where, again, it was dark, and it was dark. I'm not, you know, I'm and, not going to say, it, but he, but it makes a, a point of that. Yeah. And even Batman '89, as much as I love Batman '89, there are plenty of takes out there on YouTube and articles on different sites that can call out that Batman actually has a higher body count than the Joker does in that film. Okay. If you really think about the consequences of his actions. Whereas throughout this, from the beginning, he will maim. It's like Doc Savage in the early <laughs> novel. He will seek to disable or maim. It's disabled, but never maim or kill. And the you know, he, he might have maimed a couple up top. Yeah, I, know, I think there were a couple of rage rage uh, situations where um, I was surprised but, that the person could talk afterwards. But that he calls it out, and and this is an arc, and I know we're not that we won't be the first to have observed this. You know, this is a Batman that has an arc beyond. Um, we just want to see the bat signal turn on. Like every piece is there from the beginning. There is clearly uh, this is rare for kind of what's not an origin film, but a but a setup of. Uh, He's been at it. This is year two. This is, this is, they actually say, I, Gordon says, I've known you for two years and you still won't tell yeah. me who you are. So this is, this is the beginning of year three. He's still getting his footing. And there's an implication 
this, I mean, I'm sure it's all over the place, but there's an implication that he has fought a major villain before and we didn't see it, Hmm. but we see, but we have seen the consequence in the film. And again, I'm trying to just be kind of, you know, non-spoilery about it. Uh, We can, we'll probably stop the broadcast and talk about it afterwards, but you know, sorry kids. (laughs) No, but it was really, it was really interesting. And, and uh, you know, my wife and I both had a lot to talk about all day long after seeing it because we kept coming back to how something was great though. I do feel like I'm not going to go back to a theater to see it in 41 days. Now it will go on HBO max and thank God I have HBO max. I immediately wanted to rewatch it, but I want to be able to stop and savor and, and, you know, because it is, this is going to be a film that rewards repeat viewing just as Tim Burton's did. I've watched Batman Begins a couple of times, but this one, this one just feels like there's so much going on that now that I've seen it, I want to catch how much was was laid throughout throughout it, and you know, and really, and, and just appreciate the artistry. My my God, as you say, it may be dark, but it's it's uh, I it's beautifully framed. I, I have a shot. different I have a different reason for wanting to watch it at home, and that is because I did feel that some parts of it dragged quite a bit. And I mean, there's only so much of, of um, Pattinson's scowl that is fixed and giving you nothing beyond that. But the camera stays on it for a long time. I, I do think that's part of, I think that's purposeful. Um, and, and, I'm, and, you know, and I'm not going to, I mean, obviously it is because it's, it's there. Yeah. But I, I, I think that that's part of the arc. This beginning is a Batman who said, I love hearing from his diary, which is right out of. Oh, that was great. That was great. You know, and that he is, uh, he's empty. Yeah. This is also the, any actor and I, and I give Pattinson kudos or his stuntman for, he spends more time, far more time as the Batman in this film than he does as Bruce Wayne. And without, and without doing any spoilers, that, that narrative that he, the vocal narrative at the yeah, beginning it's right out there for the beginning is, yeah. and that is important to the rest of the film. That is, yeah. that has a payoff and it's really good. Yeah. But he is a Batman just uh, driven by vengeance. Yeah. And I think this is a, a, a take that puts to bed the concept that Batman has to be psychotic to be doing what he's doing. He is empty at the beginning of this film, he is absolutely just driven by vengeance, but by the end, he is driven by something else far more important. It wouldn't... And I think that if they do a second one, and that's not a guarantee, which is funny to say, because I think we're all playing a game or Warner Brothers is playing a game with us, that we'll see more Bruce Wayne. We'll see a different yeah, portrayal I, I, of it. I don't think it's a spoiler to say at one point, he's looking at the very real realization that he may be done as Batman. And I think that it's played with a bit of relief. Mm -hmm. He hasn't had a life, which of course is logical. We've seen all these badass comic stories over the years and Batman begins does this as well. Right. You know, shows all the training and all that. And you think this is really cool, but in reality, what has that done to a guy who, I mean, it's funny that for the past two weeks leading up to 
the Batman being released, I've seen a resurgence of this comment on Twitter over and over again. It's like if if Bruce Wayne really wants to solve crime in Gotham, he'd be you know contributing to social programs, blah 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 blah. And I'm seeing all these comics historians and writers countering like in the 70s he did. He's running all kinds of of charities and foundations, and that's you know even a joke back to Batman 66 of the Wayne Foundation exists and. This is the first time we're seeing him come to realize that that part is important too, but no one has ever really shown him. He hasn't had the perspective to to realize right. it. Right. So even as I'm saying this aloud, again, it's driving me back to want to watch it yeah. again. But again, at home, so that, again, it like the last, I'd say maybe 45 minutes of this film, again, no spoiler, it could have ended and the last 45 minutes could not have, could maybe not have been there. And I still would have been satisfied with the story it presented. But you'd miss. I don't think it, it wouldn't have completed the arc. Well, there'd be, there's so much in the last 45 minutes, which is, which is what a large portion of the audience came to see. No, I and I understand yeah. that, but I, I, you know, I agree with you. I, I, the appreciation of it is, this is the first time that we have seen that part of the description of Batman is the Dark Knight detective. Yes, even if the mysteries are simple, I think it was very funny. We walked out because uh, John Oliver did a piece a few weeks ago, compl- during his break, complaining about the Da Vinci Code and how the riddle was like, you know, the the answer to the riddle was Apple A P P, like it takes an hour and a half in this movie and that novel to, to figure out that the answer is Apple. And it's like, all right, I was, a you know, I was pretty much on track with, with uh, Batman solving the Riddler's riddles. They weren't like hugely I was, difficult. I think I saw, but at least he figured it out in 10, 10 seconds, you know, I did 80% children. of them right, right. Right before they said it on the screen, there were only a couple yeah. that stumped me. Right. And so, but at least he, he, we're seeing them follow the clues and put things together and come back and like go, okay, right. suddenly words mean something different and not in the, you know, if you watch Burt Ward with the Riddler's Riddle, you know, like, oh, uh, you know, a, a pigeon with a machine gun or whatever it is, uh, you know, you, you, you laugh, but this never feels that way. And there's, you know, that at least it's on the, they, they bothered to plot it out to plot a mystery and not just, and not an unfair one. You know, it, right. it is a puzzle throughout. It's, it's smart. Uh, you know, and I see some more people who joined. So certainly if you have any comments, uh, intake there, but let's talk about these actors who are taking on iconic characters. First, Robert Pattinson. Yeah. Uh, no, uh, I, and again, uh, a big surprise that, uh, they, they carried it off because, when we heard Patterson originally, there was a lot of question marks. Um, Not for me. Well, I, I, I think I, I can stand by that. You can go back to. I know, I know, I know, I know. But no, but I'm, I, but I'm I talking about good. a lot of people who are oh, I understand. On, online and such. Um, but he was fine. It was not a Batman or a Bruce Wayne like I think we've ever seen before. And that, no, that's not saying I, it I, wasn't. It wasn't. It was still true to the Batman role. But it was he was played much differently. And, well, and and you got to think it's just like this is a Bruce Wayne who witnessed his parents murdered in two thousand two, and so 
what does a kid growing up in this 21st century culture, you know, what does, what does the Batman look like to him as he forms that around him? So there's that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I agree with you. There was a lot of, I, I won't call it a smolder, but there was a lot of just kind of empty stare, but that's, that's, that's it. You know, yeah. this is a guy we, you are presented very early on with cle- a character who is clearly a parallel, I should say, or, you know, that flashes back also credit to this film for not showing us Thomas and, and Martha's murder. Right. And, but putting it in a slight, in a different, we context, get other things I, that are pretty awful. I mean, but no, no, no. You know what? But here's, here's the thing. I don't think that it's a reliable history either. Okay. And, 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 and this film is not the first to play around with that past because clearly oh, yeah. Morrison did that. Um, you know, that, that way back when I, you know, whoever was Bill Finger did a, you know, Thomas Wayne wore the bat suit first, kind of, you know, they did a flashback story like that. But Andrew Vox, uh, if you if you remember that, who passed away just a few weeks ago, who was uh, an incredible writer, novelist, but also advocate and I think investigator for uh, child abduction and, and child sex trafficking. He wrote a novel, and I'm I'm blanking on the name of it, but I have it somewhere in a box in the garage, in which he had basically recast that the the murder of the parents was because Martha was an activist and had gotten too close to a trafficking ring, and so they they killed the Waynes to shut them up, and you know yeah. you go yes that backstory is ripe for some reinterpretation in every every year, but again for 2022 where they put Thomas and Martha is very interesting and where they would have fit in American history at that point too, is very, very interesting. So yeah, I'm, I'm okay with that. You know, I, I I think there's more to be done with the character and I think Pattinson will, if he plays it again. And again, we don't know that for sure, but Andy circus, because to me, that was the left field casting for Alfred. Yeah. You know, so what did you think? He reminded me a lot of, uh, I don't remember the actor's name, but the actor who played Alfred on Gotham. Same kind uh, of... Pertwee. John Pertwee. Yeah, yeah. John Pertwee's son, yeah. Right, but the same kind of, like, you can you can see this guy, and at one point he says, I taught you, I could t- teach you about fighting, but I couldn't teach you much else about family or whatever. And, mm-hmm. and that's kind of like an Alfred that we've gotten a couple of times more recently. Um, and Pennyworth, of course, leads into that, that, that right. character in that manner. And I, I think there were hints of that in Jeremy Irons portrayal as well. It just doesn't, it didn't really it, yeah, it didn't gel. get developed. Yeah. It, it didn't get developed, but it's, it's 100% in Jeff Johns, Batman earth one graphic novel series, which, you know, I, I think those are those are great. That's, if you want to go that's back, an absolute wonder, wonderful book. Yeah, you know, people called this out as as owing a lot to the Long Halloween. Hmm. It does, but it also owes a lot to Batman Year One, and it also owes a lot to Darwin Cook. Uh, you know, in the portrayal of Selina. Yeah, I was going to say that as 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 much Dar- Darwin Cook as it is Frank Miller. Yeah. and David Mazzucchelli. You know, so uh, let's get to Paul Dano, an interesting take on the Riddler, who to me is always, you know, outside of Frank Gorshin, a difficult 
character to well look at the ones you portrayed it's it. never the same character twice so, so we've had frank Gorshin. Yeah. then we had um we had jim carrey who is kind of an homage to well let, let's not forget let's not forget john Aston in the middle in season okay. three of that okay fine. Yeah. <laughs> okay fine <laughs> the mustachioed riddler but uh, uh, the jim carrey one which was like uh an over-the-top version of the Gorshin character. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And then this one, this is more akin to the Gotham Riddler. Um, yes. And then and, and the same kind of like really dark, uh, motivational, um, very selfish. Yeah. yeah. It, it's not quite the, uh, the Marilyn Manson take that was in the, the Batman. Uh, animated series, yeah. uh, Batman the animated series, which had a more uh, straightforward, you know, yeah. uh, thing. It is it is interesting. I'm not sure, you know, I'll 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 be honest that I'm not sure that I, from my years of reading Riddler in comics, like portray him being portrayed as an out and out killer, because I think there's something fun I, I... about him that's gone from this portrayal. I didn't like the costume, and yet in context of seeing the film, and it's not a spoiler about the costume either, because right, it's all over the place. Right. But it's it's chilling, it, it's accurate, and it's something you could cobble together from parts you could right. find. Um, and there's no other character that that it could have been than the Riddler from the way it was written. Yeah, you know, and I would have been upset if they had called it something else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, you know, we're, we're good with that. I'm not a big Paul Dano fan, but I thought he was excellent. Um, Zoe Kravitz as Selena Kyle, never called Catwoman though. Very obviously, you know, uh, called yeah. out. My reaction was there. the same to you. She was like made to, or if they, they gave Batman year one to a casting, casting agent and said, find me this person. And then they gave Batman year one to the costuming people. And it was just, and it's Batman. Well, they also hand, they also handed Selena's big score. It's very clear that's where the Darwin Cook stuff and the the hair hairstyle. There was more to her than was allowed to be in Batman Year yeah. One. And, and she's almost a, a skinhead in in Batman Year One, isn't she? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and they gave her a closer relationship to the mystery. Yeah. Um, and I there that's all we can we can say uh, i think at this point other than she was great i hope the character returns and it could easily as well be spun out into a catwoman film that I, that takes i did you know, love, that i did love the mention of bloodhaven yes yes I, which always cracks me up. Like, really? Who the hell goes to live in a major city called Bloodhaven? It's got to be but, named you know. after the Bloodhaven. I had never really, uh, when when uh, when Dick Grayson went off to be in Bloodhaven, uh, that was when I lost that thread of Batman. So I don't know the origins of Bloodhaven. I imagine it's the Bloodhaven family. Yeah, I, I don't know because I think Nightwing just went there. Uh, so Burritos, who is uh, Family Planet co-founder Michael Goodson, do you think the teen boy that was shown was setting up Robin? And that's in the first 20 minutes, right? Or was he uh, just part of the sins of the father theme theme? And I don't know because that, you know, we, we walked out uh, of this and uh, 
actually, actually, when he said, you said teen boy at the beginning, I was thinking of the, the kid who was only half of his face, face was painted. Oh, okay. And maybe that, and I was thinking Drake, just, you know, I, I think that I was actually thinking it was Duke, Duke, Duke. Yeah. Duke who becomes the signal in, in comics. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's it. Cause, cause my wife asked Drake, <laughs> that was he's going to be Drake. He's going to be a great well, he, singer. He is, he, he is called Drake now. Is he uh, Tim, Tim, Tim Drake's identity is okay. now Drake because you can't Robin and red Robin was too confusing. Uh, so I, I would be intrigued to see that Matt Reeves is playing coy and, you know, because my problem is if you introduce a Robin, who's already an adult, like you did with Chris O'Donnell, yeah. um, then, uh, then he looks, you know, why is he the, the boy wonder, uh, yeah, Michael, uh, did clarify he meant the mayor's son at the at the beginning and i and I, I was happy that that they let pattinson's character be hands off on that kid he gave him a, like some distance looks and yes. stuff but he never went over and said it's going to be okay because he's got no reason to say it would ever be okay no no he doesn't so i don't know that is a character that maybe could uh that could become robin i just don't know if robin the way we all expect robin to be would play particularly well in in today's environment uh in a realistic take on batman right well, honestly i mean it's child right. endangerment no, it's, it's and there's no way around totally. it someone would ask you know would, would talk that so um i want to get to the penguin because colin farrell the character that i was most annoyed that they had cast colin farrell as was like holy crap i saw no colin farrell behind behind that mask behind those prosthetics no seriously though you know it was just like i was trying and i'm like nope i can't see a single thing that is a colin farrell tick a colin you know anything that was familiar voice was entirely original this was a fully fleshed out maybe it's not the way i hear oswald cobblepot in my head but then that's because you know this is the thing and we'll get to it whose take on uh, you know which which version of, of the Penguin is it where I remember a guy who was a character who was into Shakespeare, and that's one of the things, you know, he was this very was, cultured. This was a street this fighter. He had that scar running across his, his face. Yes. I mean, he's he's been through some rough times before. He he worked his way up, which, again, yeah. is, is uh, kudos back to Gotham as far as creating some great characters along the lines that surprised us in that that world and that's one of my favorite parts of gotham too yes that that portrayal uh and colin farrell has agreed to be in a spin-off miniseries not sure how many episodes for hbo max which is you know so there will be there will be a cobble pot series there were two announced like a year ago one was cobble pot although that came after the first one announced was that they were going to do a gotham pd series yeah that has now been put by the wayside and replaced uh, by they're going to do an Arkham series. So about the asylum, the history of the asylum, what I find funny about the reasons why now Matt Reeves, Matt Reeves has been saying in interviews is there was an artistic difference with HBO Max and Warner brothers and the showrunner they brought in for Gotham PD, which was going to be set like a year before Batman's first appearance to follow one corrupt corrupt cop and his fall. And now that I say it out loud, I sort of get 
that this maybe is not the time to talk about. Well, no, it is the time to talk about police corruption. Yeah. But but Warner Brothers didn't want to do that. They didn't want an unlikable character right, in the center. Right. So they're replacing it with <laughs> the asylum. To talk about all the 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 homicidal maniacs and the the pitch that... the pitch for Arkham was basically we have a we have an insane asylum full of criminals and each week someone escapes. Yes, I, I would love them to go back to just because it would be such poetic justice for Dan Slott, who's one of his most one of his major. Uh, writing assignments for DC before he went to Marvel and really took off was an Arkham Asylum miniseries, which is fantastic. If you can find it, you know, I'm not even sure if it's collected, but it's a beautiful, great book. He created like eight or nine new villains for it and, you know, and went into the inner workings of Arkham. I'd be fascinated by that. Also Grant Morrison's and Dave McKeon's Arkham Asylum. The thing is, no matter how you slice Arkham, it's an unsettling story to tell. And, you know, it's, uh, I, I'm going to say that what, you know, the joke you made and then, and then Brian Eckers is a freak of the week style. I don't think so. I, and the reason being, I don't think they're committing anything more than a really a limited series, which the Batman would have worked for me as a limited series. You wouldn't have gotten Robert Pattinson, maybe, um, you know, but, that's the thing is I would have been happy if you give me three episodes of the Batman and told that story over three weeks. I certainly, you know, I, I, I don't think the pacing would have changed. I, I, I could have appreciated it. No. Although maybe not because I mean, audiences now when you have a cliffhanger, it's like, get to it, get to it. I mean, if you're watching discovery right now, you're like, for God's sake, just show what the alien race looks like. You know, that's, that's what would be happening. You know, Throw the battering! Uh, we'd be screaming, and every week we'd be seeing that on Twitter. Just throw the goddamn battering! Actually, so, I was I was thinking my favorite version of Arkham is in the Batman Arkham video game. Uh huh. And yeah. it's it's what's effective about it is that scene where you go in and you're just kind of oh. going down the corridors and yeah. My mistake the first time I played that was on PC. I believe Michael Goodson gave me the cop gave me my copy of Batman for my birthday. Uh, of Batman Arkham. And I was late at night <laughs> on my laptop playing it with headphones on so as not to bother anybody else. And I had to stop. <laughs> Until you screamed. <laughs> you know, maybe. Uh, yeah, that is it is a good version. And that's got a good Riddler too. And that's uh, voiced by, by Wally Winger, oh, yeah. who is also uh, a pretty good Frank Gorshin impersonator. So, you know, Frank Gorshin lives on. Uh, of course, you know, in all this, we've got these spinoffs coming. Michael Keaton will be Batman in two projects this fall. Uh, he will be in The Flash, where they reset that mainstream universe, I guess. And then in Batgirl, which will finally finish the merging of the Snyderverse take and and whatever the new ver- new vision is, in which Michael Keaton's Bruce Wayne was Batman all along. And we'll never see Ben Affleck again. Uh, and I'll give you my pitch for that. I, what I what I would like to I'd like to see them throw everyone a curve. Bring, um, she loved payback. Okay. <laughs> no, I I I get what you oh, said. I understand, right? Special, yeah, I know. What it was a special message yes, just for me. For you. Um. So, uh, the, uh, where was I? Uh, 
Well, before you give the pitch, I will clarify. Okay. It's a Batgirl movie. Right. And I'm not entirely positive. I I mean, Warner is claiming it's going to be on HBO Max, but they were developing Blue Beetle as an HBO Max movie, and that has been bumped up to being theatrical. So I, depending on how much hunger movie theaters have for more Bat product, if you will, I wouldn't be surprised if Batgirl shows up as a theatrical release first. So here's, here's but it's not currently in the pocket. Here's my pitch, which actually is back to the Flash. I'd like to see the Flash Flashpoint with Michael Keaton as Thomas Wayne. I I really hate to break this to you. Uh, despite your powers of being able to predict, yeah, the Flash is finished filming. They've gone through. Oh no, 17- I'm talking. I'm, yeah, okay. They've gone through seventeen thousand directors and forty-two million scripts, including one by Ezra Miller and one by Grant Morrison. Uh, no, I, actually, I was actually talking together. about the show that just got into the season. Oh, but didn't they already do? I mean, they, they did a Flashpoint? Flashpoint, and they've gone. They, they blew Flashpoint at the beginning of season season two, right? Uh, and then the Flash movie is a variation on Flashpoint. You can see right. in the trailer, right? Uh, both versions of the trailer are on Fanboy Planet, where you have two Ezra Millers standing side by side and Supergirl behind them in the Batcave, and you have Michael Keaton's voice speaking. I I was really... I I do think Jeffrey Dean Morgan would have been a more effective Thomas Wayne, and at one point he was attached to be that version of the Batman uh, in the first version of the flash, which would have been flashpoint as well. They've never veered from that idea yeah. because from the second they released Batman V Superman, they knew something was going wrong. They just couldn't put their fingers on one. So uh, there's that. And the CW is developing not a spinoff, but yet another take, which is Gotham Knights. Uh, I don't know if it'll be ready for the fall this year, but uh, it's definitely in production uh, in development. And that will be that Batman has been killed. And it's the descendants who are of the Bat family who are trying to carry on the name. So it'd be interesting to, you know, to see. I don't have a problem. I think that with all this, uh, and also there's a Gotham Knights uh, video game coming too. So I think they're, they're going to be similar but not alike, um, if that makes sense. That sounds like a, a Suntaran. Alike, yes, but similar, no. And and because Batman is many things. And as I was reminded by somebody tweeting back at me, there are, uh, you know, the Lego Batman was a great film that I will revisit again and again. The Batman movie that I will watch anytime is Batman 66. You know, and... And they couldn't be farther from <laughs> what we just saw this, you know, this past weekend. And yet I remember coming out of Batman Begins and going, yep, that's it. And now in hindsight, going the Nolan trilogy, it doesn't, it didn't age as well for me. Yeah, uh, I, I still love the Dark Knight. I think most of what I love about the Dark Knight is Heath Ledger's performance. I would go, I like Batman 89, but to your point, you know, when I first got it on VHS, and, and went to the midnight release party at Tower Video uh, in Mountain View. No, no, not in Campbell. 
and and bought that VHS and the and put it in the VCR, I made sure I was fast forwarding through the Kim Bassinger scenes because I thought Vic, Vicky Vale most of her scenes were just uninteresting. You know, so I'd say that I would I think it would surprise you. My Probably the one Batman that I could, whenever it comes on or whenever I expose to it, I will sit down and watch it all the way through is the Tim Burton first Batman. And I think the reason for that is that it cuts across all the possible, it's got flavor of a serious Batman and the craziness of Batman 66. It's got all those great Prince songs in it. So which which really doesn't have much to do with the 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 character, but I'll, I and 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 most of them you can't hear, but that's okay. I will They're watch that played in the movie. I will watch um uh the 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 museum scene, uh, which does play Party Man. Yes, with Party uh, Man and and yeah, that no, there are great sequences in that. Yeah, and and uh and I would say that for me, Batman Returns is the strongest one because it's the only uh, of the Burton stuff. It's also one of Burton's strongest films because it's one of the very few where everything actually adds up, you know, like anything that, you know, the Chekhov's gun goes off. It's all tied together. Right. It might be unbelievable to you um, because <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, but you know, but it's, it adds up. Nothing is wasted in that one. Whereas I think there are, you know, I remember walking out of Batman I saw it twice on its first day. You know, I, I drove down. I saw it at the at the Chinese theater, and uh, on opening day. And my friend that I was going with uh, actually bought tickets for the two thirty a.m. showing. So oh. I I pulled into L.A. He said, "We've got tickets. Take a nap now." We went to the two thirty a.m. showing, and then another friend was joining us for the two p.m. matinee. So we saw it twice and tried to pretend as long as we could that we hadn't seen it. And then we sat down in the theater, and he went. You sons of bitches. You saw it already. <laughs> yes. Yes, we did. We're sorry. We're sorry. But, you know, loved it, but still saw the flaws. And yet, it's it's definitely a movie that rewards rewatching because there's just so much detail going on. Yeah. And I feel the same way about Batman Returns. I think I do love the Lego Batman movie. I, you know, this this is my thing. As, as Rick and I were talking ahead of time, and I've said this to a few other film reviewer friends. I, want, I don't want to necessarily say critics, but people that run other podcasts and stuff is I've really come to believe, especially when people complain about movies getting shut out of best of Oscar nominations, et cetera, is none of that matters. What matters is if a few years later, you still think fondly of this film, then that's a good film. And I almost don't want to ever actually review movies right after I've seen them anymore because I haven't had time to sit with them. I, I haven't been able to look back in the mirror and think, oh, that was stupid or that was better than I thought or I changed. Like, you know, Derek McCaw seeing Vertigo at age 16 versus Derek McCaw seeing Vertigo at age 30 right. was very different and age right. 40 was very different. You and probably slept the better way. the last couple of times. Uh, maybe, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, you know, but but you appreciate things differently, and that's why I'm slowly going back through all the movies that came out during the pandemic and and reviewing that I saw and, and going from memory because that's what stuck. 
I think uh, Lego Lego Batman stuck, but I haven't watched it since. But that's more because I rarely watch anything a second time anymore. We're of an age where we actually had years slash decades between cinematic presentations of our fandom. Whereas people who are, you know, in their thirties, even forties nowadays have never had a point where they weren't looking forward to the next movie that was going to come out in nine months, a year. uh, And they're going to be exposed to this stuff over and over and over again. And when they get a new movie, it's slightly changed, but but we went through periods where there just was no media. Well, and I want to say, you know, like to that point, you know, you're right. We are a highly recyclable society. We, we pop culturally, that kid Macaw, who is not a kid anymore, he turns 18 next week. Is I he was very angry when Ben 10, his favorite show when he was four, has already gone through a reboot. And I'm like, well, welcome to it. So yeah. you know, it, it's like, but I mean, to some extent, we did we did see those things. We just didn't, we weren't aware because it was like, there was a 1966 Batman. uh, Then that went through 1968 at the same time, an animated Batman show started. Most of it was Saturday morning. And that's the difference. And then we saw super friends, which was yet a different version of Batman. And there's like three or four different takes on super friends in which the level of seriousness changed and, and, and the, the breadth of the adventures uh, changed. And, you know, it's uh, so again, it was just that this has become adult pop culture. There's part of me that's very torn that I don't think that this version of Batman is appropriate for kids. And I don't think we've made many, maybe Justice League, the worst of of it. Although I like Ben Affleck. That's my, you know, that's my sadness. I've I've said that too. I think Ben Affleck was great. He was never given the opportunity to play Batman, just as I think that Henry Cavill, and I know people will, will fight me on this, is like, I, I think he's perfectly fine as Superman. He's never gotten to play Superman the way he even right. wants to, because he's a fanboy. He effing knows. The scripts weren't written by people who loved the character. No, no. And, you know, that's the point, is this Batman doesn't have to kill someone to realize that killing is bad. Right. You know, and, and, and it's just like, how could you be the, you know, yeah, see, but that's it. We walked out of Man of Steel and we did like an hour and a half podcast just talking about all the things we liked about it and a few and a few things that were like, yeah, we got a little issue. But those issues grew to me over the years. And I, I'm not repudiating my feeling walking out. I was just thrilled that a Superman film didn't get it terribly wrong. And then in hindsight, well, it got it wronger than I thought when I first walked out, you know, and, and that's, and that's it. I, you know, I said, like, I like the dark Knight. I like the dark Knight rises when I saw it, I would never go back to that movie again because my, my problems with it have just grown too large. Yeah. But I would watch the dark Knight again. If like my son asked, Hey, can we watch it? You know, but it, I think those days are past too. I don't think my son's going to call me up and say, Hey, hey dad, you know, let's have a movie night. You know? Yeah. Yeah, you know, so, sorry, if you want to cue Cats in the Cradle, we cannot afford the rights to that song, so please don't. Um, you know, but that, but that's the point. Uh, I'd also like to say, when we say, we, we're, we, you know, we've gone through, we're of an age, I'm officially changing the title of this podcast to Grumpy Old Fanboys. <laughs> uh, write in if you want to. Uh, try not to be grumpy, but uh, to be to be aware. I, I, I still think, I'm, we've also left out Batman the Animated Series. 
And there's a whole generation for whom Kevin Conroy is Batman. And there are episodes of that show that you can you'll watch. I'll hold that up against any other Batman portrayal. By, by the way, uh, grumpyoldfansboy.fanboys.com is available. So, just so you know. Huh. All right, write in. Tell us, should we rebrand at this point? I mean, what the hell? We've been going on for 22 years. I, I the, the, the podcast is 15 years old. Eh, should we rebrand at this point? I mean, we just started season yeah, two. Yeah, that's true. So, uh, yeah. There's not a lot. Uh, so, we don't have a, got a lot into the old fanboys. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, we're grumpy old fan men, damn it. Uh, and uh, anyway, I don't know what I am. I'm too tired for any of it. So... You know, at this point, we've talked about some uh, some comics. You know, I, I'd say maybe if somebody walked out of this one or just wanted to uh, you know, find something, let, let, let's point them to one or two really good. Bat- we've talked about Batman Year One. Let's make sure we've we've acknowledged them all. Batman Year One was fantastic. There's a Year Two also, yes. but it's by a different team. It's pretty good. It doesn't stand as classic to, to me. Well, year as, one is as, kind of a surprise, and you don't you don't get that in a year yeah. or two, right? So, yeah. yeah. Although we did in it, you know. Um, I would say I I would walk away from the Killing Joke. I, I because I think that that's too dark. I wouldn't go for the Three Jokers. Um, I would go for uh, what else did we say? Uh, what else have we mentioned? Oh my gosh, am I have I forgotten so much so so quickly? I know, oh, 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 uh, The Long Halloween. Right. Mostly because The Long Halloween art is so gorgeous. I mean, Tim Sale, it's it's not what you'd expect, although Robert Pattinson is probably the first actor who looks like Tim Sale might have drawn him. Yeah. And, you know, uh, to play Batman. And so, uh, I, you know, I, I don't know if the story and the mystery of that one uh, holds up as well. Uh, you know, that... Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I just think it's the art. Uh, we've got a couple of questions, so let's see. Uh, first, I, I do want to say, you know, uh, absolutely, Paul Pope's Batman Year 100. That is really cool. It's a very different, very different take. You know, and I think, and also because this gives me a chance to uh, call out uh, a comics professional who I didn't, I, I really, he didn't get the due he should have when he when he lived. He passed away a few weeks ago. Brian, Brian Augustin wrote... Gotham by Gaslight, which essentially set off Elseworlds and is also just an incredible story putting Batman in the 1890s. And the animated adaptation isn't bad, but it doesn't hold a candle to that to that graphic novel. So um, while while we're there, while we're there, because that's that's kind of a a real departure. When we were talking about doing the show, you said um, you said. Two things to me, comics you've read recently and you said Batmans that you love and you go back to. Yeah. And oddly enough, this week, someone mentioned a book that I already have, but I all of a sudden was obsessed with getting a copy of it and reading it again. You would never guess this in a million years, but this is the book that I went out and bought. Bruce Wayne, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., Amalgam. The Amalgam. How much did, uh, how much did and it's, it's reversed in, in the screen, but how much did you have to pay for it? It's um, I, I got it. Actually, it's in great shape. Um, I think I paid about seven bucks for it. That's not as bad as I thought. Yeah, it was, it was, I mean, it was 13 with shipping. 
the the reason being, of course, you know that it is uh, Bruce Wayne, Agent of Shield, is the amalgam universe when DC and Marvel played nicely together, and they for one, I don't know, it was three months long. They had this event where they, they crossed put all the other books on hold. They fused the characters, and there's some really cool things out of there. That was a great one. Yeah, that really was. Wolverine merged with with Batman to become Dark Claw. Uh, you know, it, they didn't always add up. They didn't always make sense. Like they couldn't have coexisted. The side characters, the side characters are wonderful in this because, like, you have the Green Skull, which is a cross between the Red Skull and um, Brainiac, and then down here you have uh, Madame Hydra, who is uh, who's obviously Talia Ghoul and mm-hmm. uh, and Madame Hydra, and a little bit of the the Iron Maiden. Okay, so I'm going to say that. If you can find that one, that is a great read. If you can find any of those amalgams, They're a lot Super of Soldier was great. Superman and Captain America. Yeah, the yeah. question that came, and I want to call it out, Jay Hartlove, uh, who's got a novel coming out in May, I think. Uh, and I'm blanking on the name. I, I, I keep meaning to pre-order it. I need to do that. Um, but he's asked, when you say, say, that you see, say you later see what a film got wrong, do you mean you thought of missed opportunities? Well, yes and no. I'm trying, I try when I review a film to not talk about the film I wish it was because I'm not in that place. I didn't make those choices. I can only talk about what didn't work for me. And I and maybe it's even wrong to say what it got wrong because clearly, you know, like I appreciate from a distance, uh, I've come to appreciate even Zack Snyder's Justice League, I wouldn't watch it again. But I know that he's got a bunch of people, fans, that absolutely, absolutely love it. So for them, he didn't do anything wrong. For me, he did. We have a fundamental (laughs) disagreement on how those characters should be interpreted. But Warner Brothers didn't come to me. You know, (laughs) they didn't ask me. Nobody asked me, like, when, when Jeff Johns redid Shazam!, you know, well, that's not my Billy Batson, but it kind of works on screen. It doesn't work in the comics for me, but, but in the film Shazam that came out with Zachary Levi and Asher, what is his last name? Ah, anyway, but regardless, the guy, the kid who plays Billy Batson, who is, I think, you know, he's good. It plays much better on screen, you know? So I, I like Shazam. Um, but I think to, like I said, you know, The Dark Knight Rises is a missed opportunity by many accounts from behind the scenes. It's rushed uh, because of a writer's strike. They kind of finished because Heath Ledger died. It, it, it really seems to me when you see The Dark Knight that Heath Ledger's Joker was supposed to return in The Dark Knight Rises. And, th- and then he unfortunately passed away. So the plans change. So it's hard for me to say, oh, missed opportunities. Yeah. Uh, you know, oh, and thank you, Jay. I, I, I knew that if I said it, you'd say type it. The Insane God is his new novel. So uh, we'll have a link to that on the Fanboy Planet page uh, from Amazon. And, and if you can't find that, pre-order that at a local, your bri- local brick and mortar. By all means, order it through us. And then both Jay and uh, the Fanboy Planet podcast uh, get some money. So uh, I get pennies, Jay, hopefully, as the author gets... Uh, Some dollars. Dimes. At least dimes. I don't know what publishing is like right now. Uh, you know, I just got an email saying I got a, uh, I got a royalty, sta- uh, royalty payment for uh, 
uh, residuals for 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 Iba's flesh, Gordon. And it's uh, yeah, twenty five dollars. You know, so I'm rich. I'm rich. I'm a happy miser. Uh, you know, but uh, anyway, so good. Look for uh, and uh, so yeah, look for look for that. Uh, yeah, that's a that that was a good one. Your choice there. Uh, oh, that was just that was one I just happened to have picked up. That wasn't my choice for what you said. What have you read recently yeah. that? that okay, happened? what have you read recently? Because we haven't talked comics in a okay. while. What what is the what so is I'm the gonna thing? Uh, this this is the She Hulk returning. Usually put me in a bigger screen. Um, the I'll do it if you want. Sure, just for a second. So we got She Hulk. Uh, coming back. You two covers? It, oh, it's one and two. It's uh, the yeah. first two issues of She-Hulk, which is bringing uh, Jessica back to the characterization closer to when Peter David did the story. Uh, uh, Jennifer. Jennifer, Jennifer Jessica. Je- Jen- There's so many Jessicas. Yeah. Yes. Je- um, with a... Um, we just came out of her being Hulk for so long in the Avengers. Yeah. And kind of like a, a moronic Hulk at that. Um, and this is, it's got some fun in it. It's got, it's got a lot of Marvel history in it. Um, we have the return of Jack of Hearts, who's returning not only in this book, but also, where did I, I saw him in another book. Oh, um, uh, the new Silver Surfer book. Um, Silver Surfer oh. Redemption. Yeah. Um, anyway, Jack of Hearts was a great favorite of mine. Jack and Hearts has shown up in this book as well. So, um, if you if you loved and you should love the old Peter David uh, She Hulk, but may have thought it was a little too sexist, uh, it, and it was at the time. I, I think that uh, there were there were a lot of rope skipping uh, jokes and other things uh, yes, about that yes. character. This is that is toned down quite a bit. She is a businesswoman. She is reestablishing her law uh, law practice. And uh, it all works. It's uh, it's working for me. I'm enjoying this book. It's which is one of those that's setting up that, of course, you know, we'll have a She-Hulk series on Disney Plus later this yes. year. And uh, with that, it's described as a sitcom about her being a lawyer, and and the hijinks that ensue with turning into a seven foot green muscle and woman. Talia. Um, I can't ever pronounce her last name. Starts with an M. The the, the actress who's playing she uh, She-Hulk. Yes, Tatiana. Tatiana. Uh, uh, she's the one from Orphan, uh, not Orphan, Orphan Black. From Orphan uh, Black. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, well, that's why we are grumpy old fanboys because we, uh, our memories are going. Uh, we've got, uh, we've got pandemic brain. You know, it's been stressful. I do want to call out because uh, I did, I did read it through the app, but but finally Marvel's been able to overcome the paper shortage. And speaking of Disney Plus connections, that the Lemire and, and uh, the Jeff Lemire and Greg Smallwood run on moon Knight is finally coming out in a, in a trade paperback complete collection. Uh, that I think uh, is where the series that starts March 31st will lean heavily uh, into that take, which is more supernatural, more dealing with the mental illness head on. Uh, you know, it's unclear what's real and what's not. So I, I, I think that that that's worthwhile, but it's not the collection I bought. I'd say that the thing that I, it's out of sight and heavy because, uh, of course, Rick Brettschneider has convinced me that that the weight of a book is no hindrance to reading it. No, so I I, I picked this up, uh, the 
it's the Milestone Compendium Volume 1. Wow. Which is like the first year of all the Milestone books. And I think because the first year of the first run or the first year of of the first run of the first First run. run. Okay. Because they've been out of print for, I don't know how long it's printed on a little uh, lower grade of paper than these usually do, but that's not actually a downgrade that actually, you know, kind of recreates the grittiness. And I mean, again, as a positive of the way these books originally appeared and they were drawn to be that way. So um, one, I think that people know static because of there was an animated sure. series. He's the best known out of out of uh, Milestone. Hardcore fans know, and they probably paid attention and watched the panel on, on both DC fandoms about the returns. They have recently returned, and uh, Blood Syndicate's coming soon. Uh, I'm not so sure I'm, I'm into the modern takes, but these are all incredibly great characters who deserved better than they got. They were very much ahead of their time in terms of where the culture was, or I shouldn't say where the culture was, you know, the audience didn't find it as well as, as, as they should have. Um, and so I think, you know, this is an opportunity to just take the fire hose of, of what, why Milestone is great. Even, you know, I'm not a big hardware fan. He was kind of the uh, he was jerk weird. version of Iron Man. Yep. But, of course, then Tony Stark became the jerk version of Iron Man, too. So it, I, I, I look forward to revisiting that. But in addition to Static, which I loved, you know, Icon and Rocket were fantastic. Yeah. Blood Syndicate was a fantastic book. I didn't ever read Zombie, so I'm looking forward to reading that take, yeah. which was another one that was re- revived for new for the new Fifty Two. So you know, it, it's it's reasonable. I like to call it a compendium instead of an omnibus because it is paperback. I I have become a stickler uh, for the bottom shelf of my of my bookcases that an omnibus must, in order to be an omnibus, be a hardcover. Uh, though that's not strictly true anymore, you know. But it's good uh, to put the omnibuses living in California. It's good to put the omnibuses in the bottom shelf because it keeps oh, no, the shelves absolutely. weighted properly. Yeah. Oh yes. Oh yes. That's where my omnibuses are in the earthquake yes. Uh, yes. zone. Yeah. In the earthquake zone. A lot of horror there. A lot yeah. of, I mean, yeah. I've got, uh, I've, so, I've got another one. Oh, I didn't say to you, but all right. I snuck the moon Knight thing in there. Okay. So go ahead. So, yeah. um, this is almost a PSA, um, a public service okay. announcement. Uh, I know what you meant. Well, maybe other people didn't, dear. Um, so the uh, this author, why daddy drinks? This okay, this, this author uh, is kind of known for this type of story. This is uh, King of Spies, and the storyline. This is Mark Millar, um, and uh, I don't know that artist. Mateo Solera. Um, it's good art. Wonderful. Uh, I'm trying to keep the shine off. Um, You're doing a good job. Uh, part of the Netflix line? Does it have the Netflix branding on the back? Uh, it does. It does. Yes. So um, the base the the base pitch on this is uh, a an incredible young spy gets old, and um, and is still is uh, brought back out of. Uh, out of training and out of uh, retirement somewhat and has to go active as a spy. And there he's got his own motivation for doing it. Um, but it's like every Millar spy book 
every it's it's it is oh so, so you're warning away it's it's so much like so many of his other other books that what was new and interesting and and kind of refreshingly so um this has been done to, done to death a little bit and i would say if you want to read a book a fresh and interesting book about an old spy an old spy who comes back in uh, into the cold uh velvet is Oh, Velvet's great. Velvet is astounding, and it's it's a wonderful, great Clark? story, great art. Yeah, uh, and that's it's about a secretary who becomes a spy and then uh, gets betrayed. I and, loved I loved Velvet, but also you know, public service announcement: you can't go wrong reading an Ed Brubaker book. You just can't. Yeah, yeah. No yeah. matter which of his artistic collaborators it is, although you know he 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 works with with some of the best. So great stuff. So cool. That's good. We kind of, you know, caught up a little bit. I I admit I haven't been able to get to the comic shop in about three weeks. So, uh, you know, there we go. Uh, by all means, uh, pre-order the insane God and it, it, the, the description sounds good. Thanks Jay Hartlove. Thanks Brian Kent. Thank Michael Goodson for, uh, for watching live anybody else who was watching who just didn't comment i appreciate you too uh you know i I know especially right now in these times we need to have conversations about things that maybe don't you know aren't so important in the long run and and and, but comics are important in terms of escape you know and so and it's okay to need that so thank you for for paying attention to this and of course if you want to join the conversation or you have any questions comments compliments commentary criticism right into editor at fanboyplanet.com. I'm Derek McCaw, editor-in-chief of fanboyplanet.com. And I'm Rick Brett Snyder, reminding you to use your powers for good. Thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www.thegreatlukeski.com.